everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is episode 273 of our show. We are back, back, back on the scene. Crispy and clean It's the way we do. It's the way we make it happen. Uh, shout out to everybody in Twitch land. Shout out to everybody in podcast land. Shout out to everybody at home watching and in the universe, as they say. I'm here rocking with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow. That man, it is Cicero Holmes. How are you doing, sir? Uh, what's up, everybody? The Baron of Bourbon is in the building for 2019. What up? Son, I tell you on the tippy tie. Oh, this man, this man took a long ass gulp. That's too. right. That was yeah. great for audio. <laughs> yes, Jesus it is. Christ. Yeah. Enjoy that. <sighs> Jesus Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm happy that C is here. He is not he is not stuck in the snow like my man, Reef Jackson, yeah. who is uh, somewhere in Negro Siberia right now <laughs> uh, trying to make his way back out into the actual world. Uh, so I'm hoping that you don't need a bacchiotomy after shoveling all the snow uh, that you that you had to shovel. Um, but word. Everybody, thank you so much for coming through tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the show. As always, we love you, and we are super happy that you are here. Uh, we have a dope guest this week. Uh, we're going to get to him in a second, give him some love. It is our man Odell rocking with us. Uh, but, C, yeah. how are you doing today? How's everything going? Uh, you know, I am, uh, I am here. Uh, I am not shoveling snow, uh, and I am uh, not frozen. Not yet. Uh Maybe, maybe at some point soon I will be, because it's gonna be cold in Chicago. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, I don't want to get into depressing stuff. Most of the life is depressing. I will get into uh, happier subjects, uh, as I say to you, Khalif Adams. Yes. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, man. Happy anniversary. This is this is our fifth anniversary. Fifth anniversary. Fifth Our anim- fifth anniversary yes. is today. That we is have correct, been sir. in the podcasting gaming space for five, five years. Very, very, very dope long, yeah. years. Long and so you was about to say long. Yeah, screw you. Hey, screw you. Yeah. About to say long. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was. It's five, five long and dope years. They can be long dope years. Yeah, it's like that. It's it is what it is. It's one of those things that when people are you know they talk about getting into the. The podcast space talking about getting into the media space you don't really notice how long it is until you actually are in it right you know what i mean like it takes a while to get good it takes a while to get better it takes a while to kind of figure out all that stuff and i remember you were talking about a pre-show that you were listening to the first show that we yeah. did <laughs> when i was on my uh <laughs> i was on my on my living room i mean my kitchen table right. with my blue snowball microphone yep you were rocking your Xbox Live microphone. That is correct, sir. That is and correct. Sir. We sounded like shit. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. But we were the dopest shit. Yeah, we were the dopest shit in podcasting yep. space. Yep, it was. It was that stank shit. But it was. Dope. It was. It was a little bit poopy. Yep. It was a little bit yeah. like you needed like four baby wipes yeah. to make sure that you were straight <laughs> after that. But it, <laughs> but but it was uh, it was it was amazing to begin that journey and I love you I love Reef I love the whole crew right. uh, and we have gotten so dope that we can have amazing guests like my man from the Full Circle Podcast and the Game Fanatics Odell Harmon how you doing fam man I'm doing good I'm doing good because I live in the great state of Texas and I ain't got to worry about no snow uh, whatever oh man. So, like, if it were to snow now in Texas, would the whole, like, state just freak the fuck out? Oh, no. We shut the city down. Like, you ain't got to go to work. You ain't got to go to school. You can just stay home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, like, forget right. about and it. That's, you, that's, you got a, nothing. that's a dusting. 
That's not even like for yeah. real snow. Last year we had the ice apocalypse. It just iced over, and like the mayor declared like a state of emergency and like shut the city down. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like that here in Portland too, which which is weird. So it's like Portland, Oregon. Um, we get so much rain that they don't know what to do with snow. So like when you actually get snow, the whole city shuts down because people literally don't know how to drive in it. Literally don't know how to walk in it. I've seen car. It, it looks like the day after tomorrow, with <laughs> snow right here, like an inch and people just abandon their cars. People just dip out on it. Like they had to stop buses. It's been madness. It's been crazy. I don't even know what to do with all that. It's actually not bad. Um, yeah. But it is one of those weird things where, Oh, I need to go up a little bit on my audio. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can fix that. Oh, no, I can't. Anyway. All right. I'll fix it somewhere. I'll fix it somewhere. Um, uh, maybe I can just move my mic closer to my face. Um, there you go. But yeah, there you go. I might That might help. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things that when the city does wind up getting its stuff together, it is kind of... Um, Kind of interesting to see how it actually works. Uh, and we still haven't figured out a way to get plows out here because people are like environmentally safe. And they're like, yo, don't put salt in the ground because then it gets into the water and then the fish die. And then you can't have sexy salmon dishes out here in the Pacific Northwest. That's the way it works. Anywho. Yeah. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk about video games. Uh, talk about salt. <laughs> Talk about salt. Oh, we can talk about salt. Yeah, the internet is full of that. Yes, <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The Bible said, "Be the salt of the earth," right? So I'm just. Oh shit! This man came through <laughs> with scripture. The, <laughs> the truth. Oh snap! Um, oh my god! It just makes me think of all the mega churches. Anyway, <laughs> Reverend, make me do right. Um, <laughs> oh. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm super excited for you to be rocking with us tonight. I want to give the folks at home who don't know your wonderful work a little bit of background on you. And I want, I want you to kind of share with the folks at home, you know, what you've been doing, what the projects look like that you've been working on, and a little bit about, you know, why you're in the industry and how you got into the space uh, in general. Okay. Well, like you said, I'm the one and only O apostrophe D E double L. And, uh, oh, snap. <laughs> And um, so in college, I was studying to be a vet because, you know, that's what you do when you go to school. And around my junior year, I kind of hit this wall of I don't want to be a vet. I don't want to go to med school, vet school, actually. I don't want to do any of that stuff. And I went to my counselor and she was like, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to work in the video game industry. And at the time, I had no idea how. Like, this was circa 2010. So it wasn't like exactly mm. like a playbook. You know, Twitch wasn't what it was today. And so the right. only I mean, way in I saw Twitch was like. Twitch was just in TV. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Makes it sound old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. well, yeah. yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> D, all the above, right. yes. <laughs> so I. So you, so you, so you were uh, deciding. Go ahead. Okay, so, uh, so long story short. I made, like, a resume package and sent it to, like, all the big gaming companies at the time. Like, I even sent it to game trailers. This is how long ago this was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so uh, um, no one no one hit me back, of course, because why would they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, then, you know. And then so I'm about to graduate, right? 
this is like over a year since I did this. And you know, you have like your school email that you never check because you have a regular email. Right, right. So for like three months, I had this internship offer letter from Game Informer just sitting in my school inbox, just gone oh. unanswered, you know. Wow. <laughs> so I see it. I immediately respond to it. And they're like, oh, hey, how'd you know about an internship program? We haven't been created yet. I was like, yo. I just mailed, like, a package to every gaming place I could think of. I, I had no insider knowledge. And they were like, yeah, it's just been sitting at, on our desk for, like, a long time. And so we, we hit you up. And so I got an internship with Game Informers, the end result of that. I interned there. I moved to Minneapolis. I saw snow for the first time. Right. I slid off the freeway. It was crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and after that, that, my internship ended in 2012, and I was like, man, you know what? This, this, is, this is it right here. This is why the Lord put me on this earth. I got I to gotta keep doing this. And so after two years of not doing anything and applying to jobs, I was like, you know what? F it. I'm about to freelance. Emphasis on the free. So I started writing for, like, <laughs> every indie site that would let me write for them. It was probably garbage, but I was writing and then, uh, so I worked for an Australian gaming website called Dusty Cartridge, RIP. They shut down. Nice. Mm. All right. And so I applied to go to E3. I was like, hey, can I apply to go to E3? And they're like, we don't care. Like, we're in Australia. <laughs> so I applied for E3, and they let your boy in. Like, I don't know why they did. They did. And when I went to E3, I went to every press conference. I didn't get no invites. But, hey, you know, when you're from the streets, you know, you just make stuff happen. Nice. I'm leaving at that. So I went to parties I wasn't supposed to be at, and I networked. I passed out business cards. And then from there, I started writing from a different website, XBLA Fans, because I met some people from that. And then nice. uh-huh. it's just been a constant hustle. So I ended up at the Game Fanatics. Uh, I got to be on the Kind of Funny Games with Greg because through networking, I done some freelance work for IGN on their wiki. And so basically, I've just been hustling. Like, any opportunity I can, I go. Any event I can, I go. And I do that one thing that everyone tells you not to do. Sometimes I write and I make videos for free, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to TGS this year. Got to go to Gamescoms last year, so it pays off in its own way. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, we still haven't been able to get into TGS, so that's fantastic that you're able to go to TGS. That's great. Yeah. That's still that's goals right there. We're trying to figure out how to figure that that trip out. So I'm so I'm curious about how you all met with Charles and crew from Game Fanatics because I know that I know that he's based in Texas as well. Um, But I know that I remember seeing you kind of rolling with them at a couple of events that I had been to. Oh, and I was like, who's this? I was like, this new cat is rolling with y'all. I don't know who this cat is, but he he seems like he's really like eager to get work done which i which i expect i respect a lot like it's it's something when you see people who are like in the space and you're like all right so this is a new cat who's this new cat and they're like getting it in they're like on camera already they're like doing interviews like doing all that work what's it been like to kind of meet with those folks because i you know we respect their stuff pretty heavily as well uh Uh, what was the kind of conversation where you and and game fanatics got together so uh, I'm pretty sure y'all heard of Twinfinite. It's probably like the biggest, you know, fan site, so to speak, out there. Yeah. So I was yeah. rocking with them for a little bit, like a little bit. And so, but for reasons, we had to part ways. They were doing some things that I just wasn't cool with doing. So I was like, you know, I'm going to find somewhere else to write for. And so nice. Maz, you know, the boy Maz, he used to write for Twinfinite. 
like he was like one of their managing editors mm-hmm. or something and he was like yo bro why'd you leave and you know me and him had a discussion and at the time he was like oh i used to write for this place called the game fanatics they're cool you should hit them up and then so i looked at the website you know i hit them up and i was like hey i'm odell i write for like anybody that gives me a chance here's some samples and charles was like oh yeah. cool you know come right with us and then it turns out that like charles is from houston i'm from houston mm-hmm. And so after, like, okay. a month or two of writing for them, like, we put two and two together and was like, oh, we're in the same city. Let's link up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we did. Nice. And then, like you said, I'm going to go get it. So my jobs probably hate me. But Charles would be like, yo, man, we got this invite to such and such. Who could go? And I'd be like, I can go. He's like, can you get off? I was like, if I don't get off, I just won't show up to work. And they just got to deal with it. <laughs> So right. I've lived my life dangerous. Shout, Shout out my- to Charles Singletary, man. <laughs> doing it. Yeah. I don't recommend this to anyone, but I live my life dangerously in the sense that I've always put my passion before, like, my job and sometimes, you know, my personal life. Like, you know, I got I miss out mm-hmm. on some dates sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Right. Nothing, nothing, nothing too crucial. I ain't got a wife and kids. Hey. <laughs> but Even if you did, sometimes you got to leave them to fend for themselves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like I said, the, the the internship with Game Informer was like, you know, it was like, you know, you're on Mount Olympus, you've been given godhood, and then when it ended, <laughs> it was like, you know, I was Kratos, man, they kicked me off, it was like, alright, cool, you got to see what it was like, bye, and now I'm like, you know, I'm in that, like, I don't care by any means necessary, I'm getting back, I mean, I ain't gonna clap nobody, but I mean, <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm just so, saying. so Adele, you got a chance to see how the sausage was made inside of Game Informer. What, um, what preconceived notions that you had uh, about how the the news was covered and how the magazine was was actually constructed um, were were shattered, and what what was confirmed by uh, having your internship there? Um. So what was shattered was so I walked in with like no expectations because I felt like a fraud. Like, <laughs> like I wrote two video game articles for a new, my school newspaper, and that was all the experience I had. Right. But working mm. at a newspaper, you know, I had a sense of you know how well old the machine was, and so how organized, quote unquote, it was that was shattered for me, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It was more like, like it operated more like you and your buddies being like, man, what should we write about? Man, that game is dope. Man, that game is dope. Yeah, we're right about that. <laughs> like, I mean, right. you know, there's the morning meetings. There's the, you know, the business side of it. But it honestly just operated just like people having fun and being like, you think this is cool? No, nah, man, that's stupid. I think it's cool. All right, fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, so my sense of like, it, you know, when they say if you enjoy what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Right. That that's that's yeah. like what I saw. Like I didn't. It felt so natural to just be kicking in with games and talking about it. You know, the only time people were serious was when they were writing. Like you know, they're pulling their headphones like "Do Not Disturb" mode. But other than that, you mm, know, right. it was kind of like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. You you're kind of amazed that through all the fun and chaos that anything gets done. And uh, the team the team was really small. For some reason, I thought like it was gonna be like hundreds of people. It was like. You know, the 20-odd editors, maybe, like, six or seven designers, and then, like, three people who, like, manned the front desk office area, and that was kind of it. 
Interesting. Yeah, so it's amazing. Yeah, I would have I would have expected that to be a lot more people as well. Yeah, like so I was amazed that like that such a small team put that together. Right. And the other thing that was shattered for me was that so you know, here I am, you know, millennial, which I am. You know, you go to school, you got to get your degrees, you got to do all this. Most most everyone I met didn't go to school, didn't have a formal degree education. And some of them mm. just got the job simply because they just happened to be at the right place. Like, the computer editor at the time, uh, a guy named Adam, he just said when he applied in, like, the early 90s, they just had to add this, who knows how to play computer games. And he was like, I know how to play computer games. He said he was a community <laughs> school, a community college dropout, and he just played computer right. games. And they just need someone who played computer games. He said him and two, and two other people applied, and then two other people didn't even own a PC at home. Wow. So wow. it blew my so yeah, it blew my mind Shit. that like a lot of the people just got in while the getting was good. You know, video games were you know right. the hot ticket. So they were just like, who wants to play video games or write about it? This industry may fail. And they were like, hey, I'll do this. Compared to now where everybody right. and their mom was like, you know, hustling, bustling, you know, starving, fighting each other for, you know, the exclusive, whereas most of the people, you know, the big names, I'm not even calling them one out, just kinda were just like Hey, you want this job? Oh, yeah, I'll take it. So that yeah. shattered my yeah. psyche of like, oh my god. And then I realized from some other big name places that had, that was that was a similar story. Once I started, you know, diving deeper into it, and I was just like, do y'all even want this job, or it's just too good to let go at this point? It's interesting though, because it seems like that is a very similar story to a lot of folks who I have met in the industry as well, where it is a lot of timing being a huge part of the deal plus right. you know the constant conversation about who you know and, and and who are those people connected with who are the folks that you've gotten a chance to meet that you know when you were thinking about getting into the space you had your list your bucket list of people who you were like i wish that i would be able to talk to x person who are some of the folks you've gotten a chance to meet and kind of interview and interact with that you uh, are really that you were really excited to, to actually finally meet all right, so this is going to sound shameful on me, but going into the industry, the only people I knew was, like, Hideo Kojima and Shigeru Miyamoto, and I've met neither one of those guys. I've seen them, you know, behind, like, an <laughs> entourage. But I, right. So, but mostly, so I was big with game trailers and uh, tips and tricks, RIP tips and tricks. And I was, I was that person, I won't lie, who would, like, read Game Informer, but I would never read the byline. I would read IGN, but I would never read the byline. Like, right. Yeah. I would just, you know, the stores would just buy IGN or Game Informer or GameSpot. Right. They never had a name associated with them. So what happened was I kept meeting people in the industry that were, like, uber famous, so to speak. But to me, they were just somebody like, oh, hi, I'm Odell. Hello, person. So, <laughs> so I guess... I met, like, okay, Dan Riker, you know, of Giant Bomb. Right. Like, he's, like, I don't know. The, the industry loves him for some reason. <laughs> I honestly didn't know who he was until my first day at Game Informer. Like, Dirty Dan Riker. That, that, was, that was my first. So there's two videos, of, two videos of us playing games together during my time at Game Informer. And I left Game Informer, and then suddenly when he went to Giant Bomb, people were, like, I realized how famous he was. And I remember telling somebody, I was like, oh, yeah, I've met Dan before. And they were like, oh, yeah, you've met Dan. And then I pulled up a video of us playing the Wii U together when it first came out. And they like, damn, they wanted my <laughs> autograph. And I was like, oh, what? I met Jeff Keeley. <laughs> I, I met Jeff Keeley at E3 a couple times. E3. I met him at the Game Awards the first year. 
Then I met him at E3 last year. We took a picture together, so I can actually prove to people I met him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> nice. I met Ted Price. Nice. Oh wow, which, that's a big one. Nice. Yeah, that's a good look. I took a picture with him, and it's funny because I was eating food at the PlayStation after party. I had a mouthful mm-hmm. of food, hands full of food. All right, pro tip to everyone out there: go to all the after parties. The food is free, and if you're poor like me, that's how you survive. Yeah. And, and I yep. saw him, and I was like, "Hey, yep. you're Ted Price." And he looked at me like he was surprised. I knew who he was. He was like, "I am Ted Price." I was like, "How are you?" He's like, "I'm good." I was like, "You're enjoying the party?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm enjoying the party." And he was like, "Should we take a picture?" And I was like, "I guess we should, right?" I love it. I love it. You got you got to make sure that it's real, right? Yeah. And then um, I met uh, Corey Ball Barlog Barlog. Yes. Bar- I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Corey more than once, but the second time I met him, he was like, "Hey, I remember you. You gave me a business card. I still have it." And I was like, oh, "You still have it." <laughs> and so it's, it's gotten to the point. So. <clears throat> Andy, the editor-in-chief of Game Informer, Andy McNamara. Like, yep. So, of course, I met him during my internship. But I knew who he was because he was always on tips and tricks. I mean, not tips. He was always on game trailers and other things. Uh-huh. And so I remember one day he called me to his office because I didn't know he was from Texas. And he, like, he was just shooting the shit with me talking about Texas. And nice. then so every time I see him at, like, Ether an event, like, I always introduce myself. He introduced me to whoever he's talking to. But this last year... I told him, hey, and he goes, Odell, I know who the f- you are. You do not have to come up to me <laughs> and talk to me every time. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And that actually happened with someone else who I won't mention because I was embarrassed how that went down. So I'm, I'm starting to feel like I've become like the industry groupie. Like I know these people, <laughs> these high-profile oh, people, shit. only because they see me. So – I, so do y'all know y'all know who Naomi Kyle is, right? Yes. So yeah. I saw her and her manager, boyfriend, producer guy, uh, Kyle. No, his name's not Kyle. Yeah. Yep. What's? I forgot his name. Oh god. So anyway, I forget, I, I forget his name too. I saw them at Gamescom. So you know we're in the middle of Germany. I see them at Gamescom. I go to say hi, and for those who don't know, Naomi Kyle is like five foot even. <laughs> she is a short woman. And then I say hi to them, and then they're like, oh, hey, it's Odell. And I'm like, what, what do you mean it's Odell? Oh, and wow. Then her guy, That's dope. Her guy goes, yeah, Harmon Jr., right? And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. oh, that's 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 a dope look. But it, it goes back to uh, something we've said a, a lot uh, is this industry is small, man. It is. Yeah. The industry is small, but uh, yeah, that's that's a real dope look, man. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm only gonna say it because I like I said I become a groupie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know me. You see me at all the events. I go to every PAX. I've been at every E3 since 2014. I went to Gamescom, and trust yeah. me, if you go to these events, I throw my business cards at everybody at nauseum. Right. I do not care. I have zero shame. Yeah. You got to do it though. Exactly. That's the only way you can make moves. Is you got to do that kind of stuff. So, so what's the what's the since now that you are an industry veteran, and I know that you'll probably be like, "Who the hell is this man talking about?" But now that you're an industry veteran, what are the things that you would want to share with someone who's just up and coming, and who is 
in that initial kind of phase of getting into the industry and moving and getting into those spaces where they're trying to get known and trying to get into all the events that you just talked about? So I've, this is the most important thing I've learned. Back when I was really trying to get it, I was writing articles like crazy. I'm talking about three to five articles a week, you know, trying to get my byline as, as many things as I possibly can. And I've learned that I'm not, it's not quality over quantity. That's not what I'm preaching. You know, write as much as you can, produce as much content as you can. It all means nothing if people don't know who you are. Because most people, believe it or not, I believe are like me. They skip the byline. They might read a cool article. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they might share it. And they will have no idea who wrote it. They, mm-hmm. they will ta- they'll tag it to, yeah. like, whatever site it was on more than the actual person. Right. You see this all the time. Like, IGN writes an article about some game and it pisses everyone off. And everyone's like, IGN sucks. IGN sucks. You know, it's not like <laughs> this particular person sucks. Right. So the only way people care about the byline is if they already recognize the name from elsewhere. And so in our industry, the only way that's going to happen is you have to go to events. You have to do things where people can see you. And, like, I know some people think, well, what about my writing and stuff? You're going to write. Like, you're going to write. You're going to make videos. You're going to podcast. Like, that's just a given. You're going to do that at some point. So even if it's just one packs, even if it's just two if it's dream hacks, whatever the closest thing to you is, go. I mean, E3 is available to the public now. So, I mean, hell, if you got to come off that 300 and get yourself a, you know, uh, I don't know, a fun person pass, whatever they call it, public pass. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> hey, man, you, you got to do what you got to do, man. If, you, if you're willing to jump a fence to go see a music concert, man, you got to be willing to jump a fence to make your dream come true. Damn, there it is right there. Bars. Damn, bars, bars son. On wow. So, yeah, just. Coming with that hot fire. <laughs> yeah, so that's the best thing I say. Go to events. And honestly, I'll just say what I did. So you're just like, well, how would I get to know these people? Bro, everyone you need to know is on a schedule. They they're, they got a panel. They got a meet and greet. Bro, if you got to go to a panel you don't want to hear about just because that one person who works with that one company is sitting there. Bro, I've sat through panels talking about the most randomness of things so I can talk to a person for 15 seconds. Yeah. It is. Yep. Yep. It it's, is. It's, people don't understand how that version of the grind goes, man. Like, they, they don't get the how just being in the room sometimes is the very special sauce that will get you to whatever that next thing is. Yeah. And it's 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 it really does make a huge difference once you've actually like done that work and have gone through the whole process of getting dissed at a at a at a conference <laughs> <laughs> and being like, hi, Mr. Kojima. Like, who? What? What do you want? Right. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff happens all the time. And it doesn't happen as, as often as some people think. But it really depends. Like if you have that cachet, then it, it definitely makes a huge difference in getting into that space and, and, and making those, making those moves. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember, uh, being, I think it was my first E3. I was in, uh, I was in a publisher's special area. Um, although that kind of sounds dirty, but it was like, uh, you know, like <laughs> media section of a publisher's, uh, uh, event space. And there was a 
executive from from that publishing house um, that had been in the industry for a really really long time. And I sat and talked to him for a little while and was like, "Hey, can you know, and get a get an interview really quick?" And he's like, "Oh no!" Like as as easily <laughs> as easily as he was discussing things with me um, was how quickly and how curtly he shut me down. Um, for for interview stuff, he's he, like, oh no, he's like oh no no, it, it, you know, not with you. Because <laughs> I, I want I want to ask Od- Odell that question. Have, what was what was the best no you've gotten? Like like either something that like you're just like I can't believe they just shit on me like that, or like one of those things where it was like funny, or you had a moment where you were just like I tro- I totally just went up to this person in a really earnest way and they just like straight diss me on site uh, I, you don't have to name the person's name but you can talk about the specific like the the actual i, I don't think incident. i've ever got disliked that in person an email i got a i got a hard diss email so i i built up a rep so someone tweeted out like you know blah blah blah's hiring and they were the person going over resumes like they tweeted like they are the person that's going to hire the person right and then so I, you know, applied and sent my, uh, my, you know, resume and all that. And I got an email two days ago, two days after that. And it wasn't like a personal, like, oh, thank you for it. It was like directed to me since we personally know each other. And they were just like, nah, man, like, I'm just like, you, nah, you're not going to get it. Like, <laughs> like just straight up full on, like, they didn't, they didn't even like, you know, Started. I know they didn't even go through the application yet. It was just like he saw that I applied, and it was just like, oh, I'm I'm gonna let you know now, like, and say you waiting and stuff. They're like, nah, bro, like, it's already determined. Like, you were not getting this job. Mm. <laughs> and, wow. and, it, and it was in a nice way, but at the same time, it hurt because it was just like it's like your homie telling you, like, <laughs> you was like your homies that got like a group, like a team, like you know, it's like the team, like you know, you're picking teams. And at the onslaught, right. before they, even when the even starts picking teams, they're like, yo, bro, like, you got to sit on the bench, homie. Like, right. you ain't playing the game. <laughs> right. You know I bangs with you, but nah, you're going to have to sit right there. Bro, so, so I never had this, but bro, it, it hurt so bad. I won't even front. Like, I was messed up for a little bit. <laughs> oh, shit. That's kind of great. I, I, I won't tell the full story again, but my, my favorite was Lupe Fiasco giving me the nah, son. Oh yeah. The, the Lupe Fiasco diss was the best diss I've ever gotten in my eight years of being in the gaming industry. At that oh, point, oh, wow. oh. Uh, uh, when you said that, I actually thought I, I did get a nah, and it was hardcore because it came with bodyguards. Oh wow! Oh, damn. Yeah. So this past E3, this literally the, the one that just passed. Yeah. So I was walking in the hall when it first opened, and I was like, "Oh man, Xbox isn't in the hall no more." You know, they have those separate things. So it was like the one side PlayStation, one side Nintendo wall. You know, so I was like, "Oh, this right. is new." And so I shit you not, just by himself, walk well, by himself in quotes was Hideo Kojima, and I guess he was making his way to the PlayStation booth. And like I walked past him, he was going one way, I was going the opposite way, and I was like. Like it threw me off because I'm like it's like it was like you see Miyamoto just casually walking in the crowd. You be like, <laughs> like bro, what what are you doing? Like, and no one was like, and I thought I was like, is this just some Japanese guy? Because you know, no one was around him. No one was like, you know, being like picture or nothing, right? So I was like, oh, it's time to shoot my shot. So I, you know, I hit that U turn, get my power walk on, 
And then, like, I tap on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, Mr. Kojima. And he's like, oh, like, he looks shocked at me. And, bro, I swear, like, Secret Service style, out of straight, thin air. Like, I feel like three people are like, no, 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 no picture. No. I'm Smoke like, bombs. Whoosh. Bro, they, I, I was, I was low-key scared, bro, because, like, fool, these fools came out of straight. And I don't understand. Like I said, this man was by himself. The second I touched this fool, like, like fool, they shut me Yo. down, bro. Like, I'm talking. They grabbed me. They, they they took my camera real quick. They're like, no pictures. I was I was like, oh. Wait, they, they took your camera? Yeah, bro, they took my camera, bro. Like, they gave it back to me. Like, they had, like, take, take. Oh, okay. Like, they took bro, it from I, me, like, in case I was like. I saw. I, bro, I was. And you know what's the sad part about it was? <laughs> I think he would have said hi. Like, like me and him were both, like, in, like, instant shock face and, like, as we're being ripped apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't leave me, Kojima. I can't front. The illest thing I've ever seen at a, at a show so far had to do with Kojima, too. It was at the PlayStation event right after they did yes. the, uh, their Death, E3 presser. Death, Death Stranding? No, no, no. It was in the Keeley was doing Jeff Keeley was doing this like interview series thing for YouTube after the the PlayStation event. Oh. And they had this round table thing and everyone like went into this other room uh that had all the PlayStation games that people were that they wanted to show for that year. And Kojima did his stage show with Jeff and then on the way out from his position to like the behind, the backstage thing, he had to go through the crowd of all the people. They literally like did the the the, the barricade yeah. of bodyguards and like rushed him out of the venue, like under a sheet, and like ran him through the thing to get like nobody could touch him. It was the craziest shit. It was it was like death yeah. strength. He was like a MGS boss, right, on his own. <laughs> And I was like, "Holy shit, this yeah. is crazy." Um, so I want I want to move on a little bit. Uh, oh, I want I want to get into besides the stuff you've done at Game Informer and, and all the other places in Game Fanatics and things like that. I'm really excited about the podcast that you've been doing. Full circle. I want I want you to tell the folks at home a little bit about that. Okay, so um, you know, everyone was getting into the podcast game, and I was kind of like, you know what, I want to. For the longest, I've wanted to create my own podcast, but I was kind of like. I don't have a mic. I don't have a camera. You know, you know, just all the usual excuses until one day, like, I got my buddy who does it with me, Jared, and I was like, yo, bro, we're about to do this. We're about, we're about to put on the show. It's about to be crap, but I don't care. Like, I just want to do this. So I had a spare uh, in the guest bedroom in my house. It's real tiny. So we got, like, I had a dusty old table in the garage. I got a, I got one of my bed sheets, threw, threw the bed sheet on it. I took all the stuff I've collected <laughs> over the years, put it on the table. We put the camera in front of us and just said, F it, let's go. And so I wanted nice. I wanted to create a geek variety show is how I branded it, but its primary focus is video games. And uh, that was officially 39 weeks ago that started because we do, wow. we do weekly episodes and we're currently on episode 40 is going to be the next episode. Right on. So, oh. So doing this weekly, like it was like episodes one through thirteen was garbage, but I felt like after episode thirteen, like I started to get it, and so from there I just been building, 
Now I got like a cool studio, which is at my mom's house and one of her bedrooms she wasn't using, but so cleaned it up, bought a whole bunch of crap from Amazon, and now we're on YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those podcast services. If you like if you like anime, it's a podcast for you. If you love video games, it's a podcast for you. If you love science talk, it's a podcast for you. If you like uh just really, yeah, any all things geeky. Like we really talk on like we talk about how to pack for a con. We talk about the do's and don'ts of being a geek. We talk about the best and worst animes. We talk about all the latest video game news. Like the other day we went in on Soldier Boy and his game console fiasco. <laughs> and, you know, since it's weekly, you know, it's pretty relevant. We only we only do about thirty to forty five minutes. Okay. Because we feel like that's all you really need. It's like it's like something you know you can listen to in your car. And uh, the right. totally, and it's all just been growing that, and I think people enjoy it. When I was at Pack South, uh, one dude recognized me, and he said he listened to the show, and I was I was floored because I was like, oh well, well thank you. This is this is the first time anyone's ever you know congratulated me on something. That's fantastic, though. Yeah. I mean, it it yeah. takes it's. I'm sure the the process has been. One in which you've been learning a bunch really rapidly. I know that when we first started out, that was the feeling I know between us was like every week you felt like you learned a new thing that you could bring into the next show, even after you've just finished recording it. What's one of the kind of biggest things that you've learned in the past 40 shows that you feel like you've kind of had trouble with in the beginning and then you're kind of figured out and kind of nailed it now at this point? Uh, Being comfortable is really helped me being comfortable on film. Since uh, we also we also put it on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, camera presence was really big for us because you know you will watch it and you hear all your uh uh like like right. like you know right. like like totally <laughs> like. <laughs> yep, I still I still have that. It's rough. Yeah, yeah, it is rough. And so it's it's got me and my friend because my friend like you know he's just doing it for fun with me, but I don't we don't even notice the camera anymore. And lighting, lighting and stage and staging has really been the biggest thing I've learned from this. So staging in the sense of, you know, the things we put on and off camera to give the effects. And then even podcasting, like how to mix audio and all those things. It's a whole bunch of little traits that you didn't know you had is what I'm finding out from doing this. And honestly, nice. doing you do it week from week to week to week we've been consistent for 40 weeks now is that you learn man really what you're made of as a person because you know mm-hmm. i still I, I always tell people i still have a day job i still right. work mm-hmm. 40 to 60 hours a week i still got bills to pay you know i still got everything that all life has to come with and yet i still do this and i i just make it i just makes it makes you feel like what's important in your life if you're really if you're really willing to go the distance with this that's why I feel like podcasting is done for me. That's dope. That's nice. super dope. I know I really didn't answer your it's... question, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, it's a part of the process, right? It's like learning what that thing is and and learning how to navigate it and do all that stuff. Like, see, see, was do, see, was teaching a podcasting class this past week. And it's yeah. like the thing, the things that I'm sure he, you know, you can speak to that. Uh, I mean, I could speak to it, but I'm not going to. If you want to. Hear what I had to say about a podcasting class. You got to come to my class and pay me. Oh, <laughs> I learned that one. How about yeah, did learn that? that uh, no, nah, I mean, yeah, it, it really is about like 
the not knowing uh, and not having any experience, you know, as we kind of talked about, I mean, roughly five years ago, uh, almost to the day uh, this week, I recorded my first thing ever for the Internet, for Internet consumption and was terribly uh, unprepared for it and and, you know, really had no idea what I was doing. But I had a great mentor and, and the captain and, uh, you know, now 500 and uh, five or 500, five years. And, I was like, did we yeah, do that? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five I'm years. And almost and almost 300 episodes later, though, uh, I mean, we for real, we've almost got 300. We probably have done a lot closer to 300 episodes uh, than we have numbered. If you guys, uh, if there's a, a Bricago super resident, you can get our Bricago librarian to, to chronicle the number of episodes that we've actually done. Um, we were, you know, fast approaching 300, uh, but 300 episodes later, uh, it is, it is, uh, remarkable what you learn, uh, and what you learn about yourself. Like you said, Odell, like the, the, the secret, secret powers that you had, the secret talents that you never knew you, you had, you never knew even existed really, um, until you actually had to do them. And, uh, um, you continue to, to uh, refine those tools and those muscles and uh, you can use that information and help to teach other people so they, they don't um, f- sharing your mistakes and, and, and can learn, learn from you. I'm, 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 you know, I'm glad you said you, you charge a class. I'm, I'm more in the camp of, you know, you just got to do something. Cause that was me. And like I said, after my internship with game informer, I didn't. I realized that I couldn't just ride the coattails of one internship. Right. And I get people all say, you know, you need to freelance, get paid for your work, never work for free. But honestly, it's kind of just like, bruh, you know. At the end of the day, I can, I can, I can tell. It all comes down to this. You know, someone once told me, if someone's looking for a job, and there's two people left. And, you know, people know me by name and face, and you're just some face in the crowd. Like, who are they going to hire? Right. Right. So, at some point, like, it's all about sacrifice one way or another, man. You got to sacrifice something. Right. Well, uh, how about this? I will say, if you are asking for the work, then don't be surprised if someone is not expecting you to pay for it or to pay you for that work. But if they are asking you to do work, oh yeah, get that money. Then you get that money. I think I think we're gonna take a quick break on that note. Get that, that money. Was <laughs> that was a great that was a great spot to hold off on. So we're gonna take a quick two minute break. Folks are gonna get some water. We're gonna hope that the internet gods are, are kind to us and let <laughs> let Discord do its thing. Uh, and we'll be right back after. What up, Bricago? We are the crew of the Optional Podcast, coming to you each week from New York City, where we host a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment. Our show is for everybody looking for a fresh new take on gaming culture and how it intersects with movies, music, anime, food, and whatever else we love. Check us out at theoptionalpodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, and all major podcast services. This isn't your typical gaming podcast. This is video game commentary for the rest of us. 
Hey, what up, y'all? This is Macedonia of Radio B-Sots, both sides of the surface, and you are tuned in to Bracago's finest. Khalif Adams, Cicero Holmes, Sharif Jackson, this is the Spawn On Me podcast. What's good, Ricardo? We are back for episode 273 of the Spawn On Me podcast. We're chilling with my man, my mellow. It is Odell Harmon Jr. chilling with us, rocking the show with us this week. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of news uh, and a little bit of what's going on in the gaming sphere. So by the time that you hear this, the game that we're about to talk about will already be out in the world. It is Resident Evil 2, the remix, the remake. Uh, is going to be out in the space. And I've been hearing so many good things about it, having played the demo, uh, the one-shot demo that they had, which was super cool. Uh, I'm curious to know what you two think about the Resident Evil remake stuff that's going on. I will start off with our guest, Odell. What what have you been thinking about Resident Evil 2, the remake that's about to drop? I ain't going to touch it, bro. I can't play horror games. I ain't going to lie to you, fam. Like, I can't. Oh, really? (laughs) Bro, you, um, you, you know, like when you put those videos you see on YouTube with like, you know, these hard looking black people and like these, what other people think are not that scary situations and they wilding out, that's me and like horror that's videos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, bro. I can't do it. Bro, I tried to play PT when it came that, out. I couldn't make it down that hallway, bro. I thought like three, four times, I was like, I'm done. That's it. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Wait. So what's the la- okay? What's the last horror game that you've played? Like literally, you've played and that like gotten past the first couple parts. The of it. only quote unquote horror game I played, which I don't know if it even counts, is The Last of Us. That's the only one I played from beginning to end. That's only because that's just a great game, and the scary parts aren't that okay. scary. I get that. What about what about you? See, uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to say to Resident Evil to stay off my lawn. Um, <laughs> why I order uh, the <laughs> what, what sixth heartbeat shit was that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I man, I played Resident Evil Two back when Resident Evil Two was was a new thing, and and that was all I needed. Uh, I've never been the biggest Resident Evil fan. Um, you know, like, so much of those games is about, like, clunky controls and it being cheesy and hammy, and I get it, but I'm not, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I can miss that. Uh, and then, kind of like what Odell said, yeah, you know... I get enough horror in my real life. Yeah, there's a, every time I see a cop, there's a jump scare. So like, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need horror in my life, yo. You know, I step out, I step out out my door, and there's, you know, there's white people everywhere, man. It's not ah, chill. Go ahead, y'all good. Y'all good. So I'm curious because I know that a lot of people have been talking about I'm mad because Leon is a cop. Anyway, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing the conversations and I, and having actually played through a lot of the demo, I couldn't get through it. It was weird. It was a 30 minute demo. And because I play those games so slow, I probably got through like seven minutes of actual content. <laughs> but the thing I really appreciated was the fact that they've moved away from classic tank controls in that game and has made it a very different game because it is no longer the same old school turn to the left move your body then your head moves right. kind of stuff 
I'm, I'm curious to just kind of get the vibe off of both of you of like, what do you think that does for this particular game and kind of, you know, we've seen it with Resident Evil 7 and the, and the most recent game, I think, is 7. Um, right. But 4 was the one that started that off and now the most the latest one is the one that's um, kind of the kind of standard bearer now. What do you think about the change in the control scheme uh, to kind of move away from the old school stuff? See, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, it is definitely something that they had to do. Um, yeah. Again, we talk about the tank controls, and I kind of joked about it. But uh, I mean, as as games mature, as uh, systems mature, as uh, experiences mature uh, amongst amongst your audience, you kind of, in order to remain relevant, you have to kind of match what people are doing or do something innovate uh, in that space. And um, you know, I don't know if. Capcom was really in a position to innovate necessarily with Resident Evil above and beyond creating the survival horror genre itself, um, or at least uh, being you know being the the standard bearer for what survival uh, survival horror is. Um, uh, so instead of innovating more, they just took the systems that they've seen work and in other games and and specifically in in some other Capcom games and integrated those into Resident Evil and that's that's a the smart idea uh, as far as this remake uh, uh, like movie remakes um you you take the 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 core principles um you you take the the plot points you 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 pay some fan service by doing or saying or reliving some iconic moments from the original, uh, from the source material, and then you make it, you make it better, you modernize it, you, you know, you you buff it out and polish it, just shine it up just a little bit more to make it look nice for today's audiences, and that's what they're doing with RE2. Odell, what do you what do you think about the change on the uh, control scheme stuff? You know, it it's really good because you know Leon now interacts how I would you know run flailing through a room full of zombies. <laughs> the, the old ones it, it almost the old ones i could play because they weren't scary because it was just like okay this is so but it's so fluid and you know it just it just looks nice uh, like c was saying it was it was an obvious design choice and one that needed to be done but i respect it in the sense that they did it because i feel like so many hd remakes now don't do mm-hmm. that they literally just make it look nicer which that that's cool. Like I mean, right. that's kind of what we want, right? Right. But they don't take it the step further. We're like, hey, twenty odd years of gaming have happened since then. Right. Maybe we can approve on like the controls and the core systems. Because how many HD remakes do you play that actually change fundamentally how you play the game, not just make it pretty? Because like I'm thinking about mm. like Crash Bandicoot. It plays just right. as horrible as I remember. For better or for right. worse, like <laughs> right. you know, but this is like they changed it to where you know it's clearly nothing new, but it makes the game feel new. But it doesn't compromise because there's some HD remakes, right, where it's just like this isn't the game anymore. It's just something calling itself another game. But like, no, this this is still very much Resident Evil Two. You feel like it's Resident Evil Two, but it's if they. Mm-hmm changed like the controls just the controls alone make it feel like a completely new game so it's a win on every front right and i make sense it, i mean it, the oh god i'm sorry oh no so like even though i'll never play the game to its full capacity because 
how the hell do you want me to solve a puzzle when there's zombies trying to like I, I that that part pisses me off. But I hope it's something <laughs> that other games like emulate. So like if they ever made remade Mario sixty four, like we all want them to. I don't want just a, a pretty version of the game, which I mean I would live with that. But if they somehow well, no, that's a bad example because Mario 64 controls like a god till this day. So It's it's um, <laughs> one of the things that I was tweeting about the other day when it came to <clears> the <throat> Resident Evil 2 stuff was I felt like having played it, like they did a lot of great stuff on the graphic side. Right. And it made me feel like it was kind of it's kind of a waste of a game. Like I want I'm going to play it. I'm excited to check it out. But I really wanted this to be a new Resident Evil game with the kind of level of graphic and gore fidelity that they've figured out. Like, I want this to be a new game. I don't want this to be a remake of an old title. Well, you just got Uh, one last year, though. What do you mean? Resident Evil 7 just came out last year. Yeah. So? I mean, what do you think? They just (laughs) poop out new Resident Evil games? I mean, with the way that the story goes, they could. Uh, yes, it's easy. It's, <laughs> it's a hell of a lot easier to write the stories. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, like, come on. But they got to make the game. So they made, they're making a remake. Because it's not like it's, it is, it is. you know, like Odell saying, it, it, at least they're not just doing an HD remaster of, of RE2. And, you know, right. So like they, a legit they actually, yeah. right. They're actually remaking the game. Uh, so you're getting, you're getting a, a, a new, the same story as a new experience. I can, I can take that. I, I, I will deal with that. I, I want to see for all the folks who are super excited about the game. I'm, I'm going to play it because I, I, I need more horror games in my life. Right. But I would love to see and hear what people are kind of talking about. The scuttlebutt so far has been that everyone loves it and they're, they're super excited for right, it right. because it has those those kind of parts in it that they remembered from the last game. Bro, but I, I have a fundamental oh, oh, issue with Resident oh, Evil. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So I just, I'm just going to say this real quick. So uh, I realized for those of you who may be listening and have a point to make, when I said last year... I meant 2017 and not 2018. I do realize that it was actually almost exactly two years ago that exactly. Resident, so that means a new game should Resident be out Evil by now. God damn it, Seven was released. That means a new game should be out. So I mean, yeah. I was right. Oh boy. Okay, Odell, weren't you saying something? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so this, I, I think it's because I mean, I don't like horror games because I'll be real. Like they scare the crap out of me, and I can't deal. Like I can't be on. I can't be on the edge like in my own house. That, that's just a no. Right. <laughs> but fundamentally, it's like going to a haunted house in October. It's like, so you're telling me I got paid 50 bucks for people to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> what you, yep. like you said, I can get scared on the daily for free. Right. right. <laughs> you want me to spend my guitar, buddy. So I can't sleep at night. Right. Now you can miss me with that, homie. Well, a game that will not scare you and is also coming out very, very soon, probably in the same time frame, is Kingdom Hearts 3. Woo! And yeah. everybody and their mama is so excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, let me know how hype you are for Kingdom Hearts 3. Bro, I am hyped. Bro, let, let me put this perspective for you, bro. Do y'all know when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, sure. 
It came out like in 05. Actually, I don't know. It came out like, oh, you know, hold on. Let me let me, let me me do some Googling real quick. It came out in 05. All right. I really well, know about yeah. Kingdom Hearts is they know fractions. They they do know fractions. <laughs> they, they, bro, let me, like, so it came out, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 05. So it's been well over a decade, right? We have lost right. homies in the streets while waiting on this game. <laughs> Think about that. Like, <laughs> like some people didn't live to see this damn. day. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> right? Damn. You see? Damn. Some people did not make it to see this day come oh. to pass. Oh, oh my shit. Gosh. <laughs> pour, pour one out for the people, for the homies who ain't make it to Kingdom Hearts 3. Damn. <laughs> I don't shit. think I need to say no more. <laughs> I feel like I feel like in a, in an alternate universe in an alternate universe, Doughboy is laying down in the street somewhere, <laughs> waiting for Kingdom Hearts three to come out. He just Ricky, Ricky, oh god, Ricky. That, I feel uh, like that's a real that's a real thing. I I never I have not played a Kingdom Hearts game. I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. I do not think that I'll probably pick up three because it's just not a, it's not my thing. Bro, you already know f- the story's convoluted. Everyone always makes that joke. It, it it really is. Like I may not know what's going on in the story. So as someone who's never played the game in the series, man, I pray for you, man. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not even gonna try to dip in my toe into them waters, man. I saw yeah. fucking Donald Duck and Jack Sparrow chilling. I'm like, I don't right. want to see Johnny Depp. <laughs> I don't want to see Johnny Depp fucking around with Disney characters. When he should be in jail, but that's a whole nother story. But I don't know. See, do you have any, you know, connection to the Kingdom Hearts story and the Kingdom Hearts IP? Um, like I said, I just know they know fractions. Um, the most I know about Kingdom Hearts is that I had to sell lots of DS games with Kingdom <laughs> Hearts on it when I worked at a video game retailer, um, and they, they, I mean, they had thirty three and a thirds. They had uh, 45s. They had eight <laughs> tracks. They have reel to reels. Kingdom Heart reel to reel. Point two, midnight Redux, oh, deluxe. Uh, at your mama house with hot sauce. Um, I feel like I feel like once you get past Kingdom that, Hearts. I feel like when you get past thirty three and a third and one point five and two point five remix, I feel like the next game should just be NM. Right, bro. Right. Be yep. like Kingdom Hearts and them, yep. bro, bro. So you know how I just said, you know, homies, you know, didn't make it way for this game. Imagine this: you actually looking for Kingdom Hearts three, right? So I excuse one point five and two point five because that's just a, a HD remastered of you know one and two, but with the games that didn't come out on the consoles, like you know your Birth by Sleep, your Dream Drop Distance, you know your uh, right. Oh my right. gosh! So so I get that because for me that's how I played some of the like the Game Boy games that are that are, are actually important to the story because I didn't you know get the Game Boy game back in the day and I ain't about to pay look for it and you know so those are cool, but bro. I think it was two years ago when they were like, oh, yeah, look at this trailer, the the prelude, you know, showing the new graphics <laughs> and stuff. And they were like, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Bro, when I say I almost lost my shit, bro. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> imagine you've been waiting for this game to drop. They dropping this trailer. They doing all these hints and the big announcements of the game called Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Yep. Like, I, I, 2.8. I, I told myself. 2.8. Bro, son. I told myself if they dare come out with like a 2.9, 2.875, bro, like, I'm flying to Japan. I'm going to Square Enix. And I'm like, hope and palm 
slapping the dog horse caca out of somebody. Hold on. I have to address something that is in our in our Twitch chat right now. Hazy Rome, shout out to Hazy Rome and all the yes. wonderful things he's doing over at uh, uh Able Gamers. He said 3.2 Jason's this lyric. lyric. Yep. <laughs> which killed me that's because best, now yeah. I have just thoughts of two Disney characters in a in a goddamn wheat field butt naked with, with baby oil on. Right. Getting it getting it on. In, yep. in the goddamn fields, because that's all I remember from Jason's lyric. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Why is Jada was Pinkett Jada having Pinkett? sex with this man?" What? Uh, Carl Carl Anthony Payne was it? Carl yeah, Payne? Whatever his name is, Captain no. Captain Taco Meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and anyway. that was in Houston, right? That was in Houston. Was it? Was I don't it? Know. Yeah. That's Jason. a. It's a. It's a very. It's a very very niche moment. <laughs> in in black love movies, and yeah. if you have not seen it, you need to go watch. Was that in Houston? Yeah. I feel like I think if it was in Houston. Was. I remember it being in Houston. I think it was. I don't I know. It, all yeah, I know was that that was all I all I knew. Field, yeah, shining. all I knew about uh, all I knew about Houston was uh, was that the Rockets played there. That uh, Jason Lyric was filmed there. That was it. <laughs> That was it. Anywho, moving on. <laughs> pass, pass. Taco meat. Oh, and Scarface. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Anyway, the rapper. Another thing. Another thing that is not niche, but also may have taco meat in it is mm. Anthem. Yes. Uh, Anthem, which uh, just got dis- not not displayed, just got talked about in terms of having its own VIP demo uh, that is going to be out way past the time that this is going to be going live. It would have started on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, I have heard and and know a whole bunch of people who are currently at the Anthem event. Uh, You'll probably definitely be seeing their impressions. Shout out to Paris Lily and everybody at Gamertag Radio because there are some of the folks who are over there um, checking out the game now. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of some of the, the kind of gameplay videos that people have already put out, but I wasn't really high on the game until I saw uh, when NVIDIA did their CES presentation and finally showed Anthem off running on a high-end PC was the first time that I was like, oh shit, this game looks like it might be something different, or at least it's going to be really pretty. I don't know if it's going to be good. It's going to at least be really pretty. Um, What are the thoughts that you two have about Anthem at this point, having seen some more stuff um, they feel like they've been kind of still close to the vest and haven't really found a voice for what they want that game to be. Um, Odell, I want to I get, uh, get that to you first. What do you think about Anthem, and are you excited for it? Um, I wouldn't say I'm excited as much as I'm intrigued, I guess. I, I feel like Anthem will be yeah. a good game, but it won't leave its mark on the on video games as a whole. Think hmm. Destiny, like Destiny was being hyped up, but did Destiny really leave its mark on anything? I I, I would say yes. I would definitely say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. Oh, okay. Well, I will say the thing I find interesting about Anthem is it's a single player game at heart with multiplayer like raid stuff that you know, you doesn't. You don't necessarily need a squad. You just kind of do stuff, and then people online they're just kind of doing stuff with you. And I kind of like mm-hmm. that because I I'm glad that the industry is more focusing. Like 
because there was a while, I know you guys remember, where everything was multiplayer. Like, even the single-player games was right. like, here's a co-op buddy. If you don't have a co-op buddy, they're just going to be there, awkwardly doing stuff right. you don't want them to do. <laughs> so, yep. I'm glad we're moving away from that. And I think Anthem is trying to, you know, bridge a gap, trying to do... I think it's the first game I think it's seriously trying to be a single-player game and a multiplayer game within the same space and have it work. And so I can respect that on a, on its ambition level. It's on its ambition, you know, to do that. But other than that, I feel like it'll be, you know, your standard Bioware game, and it that's neither good nor bad. That That's kind of it. Yeah. See, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's interesting to hear the phrase standard Bioware game um, because I don't know if I know what that is anymore. Um, mm. well, especially within the context of Anthem, uh, because if if there is a standard Bioware game, it is a a an RPG with branching storylines, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is what a standard Bioware game is. Unfortunately, um, the last few that we've had from Bioware, um, they've underwhelmed i'm not going to say that they were they were bad some people will i won't necessarily disagree with them um but but uh but they definitely underwhelmed and it it's going to be interesting for me you know at least from my perspective to see what anthem what bioware creates in this uh i'm coining a phrase Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't take on like the Xbox Infinite should have. Um, <laughs> simply, simply because I'm saying that I'm coining this phrase. But uh, Destiny likes. Uh, we've got rogue likes. We've got uh, Metrovanias. Um, this is this is a Destiny Destiny like, and you know we've got the Division. We've got the Division Two on 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 the way. Anthem is another one of those games that is not fully uh mmo uh, but it is you playing with your friends in doing mmo type things in an, in a sci-fi rpg setting um and and we'll see what their take is on that like how do you uh incorporate that plus what bioware does as from a storytelling perspective um, how the, how you're able to marry those two things together and make it successful is really going to be the question. I'm eager to see uh, the execution. Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit worried, and I, I I appreciate that phrasing of destiny destiny like. The thing I do think that Bioware is trying to not do is actually get close to Destiny in terms of what people's mind frames will be for that particular game. It makes sense because it is the closest kind of parallel to what it physically looks like and the way that some of that stuff plays. But I do wonder in the conversation of Bioware trying to figure out exactly what they want this game to be and how they want that to be messaged out to people at home, if they are going to miss the mark by not differentiating it in enough ways to make people understand what that game is going to wind up being so that their expectations are... Reasonable ones, so it's like the thing that I'm the thing that I'm worried about for that game is it's supposed to be kind of a looter shooter, right? But the problem is I've one not seen any loot that I care about because it's not like Destiny where it's like the thing that you care about the most are the guns that you get, 
two, it has a weird kind of like the new Transformers feel mm-hmm. where the stuff that you would wind up getting. And again, we haven't seen like fully fleshed out like what their exotic quote on quote on uh, quote unquote on exotic stuff would look like. I, it feels like the old the new Transformer movies where you can't 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 really tell where the body parts live. Right on those on those on those robots. So you're kind of just like, I think that's an arm. I think that's a leg. Uh, what is is that? Where the face meets the actual neck on that character. <laughs> so you kind of know where the parts fit. And it feels like that right now. Where I don't know what that actually looks like when it comes time to for for the looter part to actually come into play in ways that the players would actually care about. See, well, so I I I think that. Um, that has a lot to do with the narrative. Like the narrative is going to be the thing that makes you care about um, all the. Because I, I think what you wind up getting instead of uh, guns that drop or, or you know very specific pieces of armor that drop, mm-hmm. uh, what you're going to get are um, parts uh, kind of similar to what you got in the division, where you would go and you would loot and you would get tool parts and you can use those parts to assemble. Uh, different weapons and armor and different pieces of gear for your specific uh, javelin. Um, But uh, that's only going to matter if the narrative makes, gives it weight Uh, and, or at least it will have a better chance of really uh, resonating with, with the player if the narrative gives it weight and the one thing that I will say about these games, these Destiny-like games, is they encourage you to play with your friends, which means yeah. that you're that you'll generally means that you'll be in some type of uh, voice chat with with your friends. Um, and if you're in there with three or four people, um, usually what what winds up happening is you start talking during the moments when there is some type of exposition, some narrative exposition that is happening and you Mm -hmm. wind up losing the narrative. Um, You know, that happened to me when I was playing Halos, the Halo games uh, happened to me while I played Destiny, happened to me during the division. Um, You know, so like for the most part, I could barely tell you what any of those games were about uh, except for me talking about my friends. Like so, I wonder if if the narrative is going to be the thing that sets um, Anthem apart, especially because it's Bungie. I wonder if the nature of how people play these games will uh, diminish their their greatest tool that they have at their disposal. Oh, see, I think they've already failed at that because based off what I've seen, you know, at uh, events and uh, press meetings and just what they've released. So, you know, you have choice, like, you know, conversations have dialogue options. So, like, characters can end up loving or hating you. Like, so my story is different from your story. Which, you know, it's cool and all, but they've also said that, you know, they won't lock out quests. So, that means what all quests will be available no matter what. So, if a guy loves me, it's like, hey, go right. do this for me. You'll still get that quest if that guy, if that same guy hates you. Which, to me, the the worst thing I hate than choice in the game is the illusion of choice. Mm. And yep. I, I feel like how much weight can this story carry if regardless of who likes or hates you, you're always going to have, you know, the same quest. 
that right. that that gives me that makes me feel like oh because you know now that if if i know that like one faction hates me it, it locks off these set of quests and i get why they don't do that because ultimately people are going to be upset but i feel like that that gives it that now my story has weight mm-hmm. how i want to progress mm-hmm. or the things i want to do i have to be diplomatic in my story because right. i don't want to end up screwing myself later for something i may need or want Right, yeah. and I feel like if they—that's the hard part about story storytelling and building in that space, especially when you have those open-ended things. And I know that they were talking a lot about kind of people being worried about end-game stuff. And again, like people who were at the uh, event uh, last week, that stuff, that information is probably now out now as this is live, um, and it's going to be really interesting to see just how those things get translated to the the, the bigger public about how the game is actually going to work because it still feels like no one really knows like it's a bunch of open sure. world spaces and then a bunch of dungeons and then you're supposed to figure out ways to to, to coordinate and, and get through those particular things and it's in a different a very different way than the way destiny works in that space where everything is kind of sectioned off into its own little game types and then those game types are the places where you know to get specific stuff so We'll see how that works. I'm I'm actually really curious to see how it how it lands in terms of sentiment and how it lands in terms of, you know, how excited are people are going to be. The interesting part about all that as well is we've already seen a bunch of different games in the past two years uh have rocky starts. Right. And some of them live to tell the tale and come back. Right. The interesting part is will Bioware be able to get enough leeway if it doesn't work out in the beginning to continue to make stuff so that they can possibly get people back if it doesn't work well in the beginning. I'm, I'm right. So, I'm, yeah. yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, no. I'm saying like go ahead, though. people get mad when I say things like this because I don't back it up with you know, fancy words or industry know-how, but I'm just calling it intuition, you know, my <laughs> gamer. Like come September, October, no one will be talking about Anthem. And I'm not trying to insult the team or nothing. I'm just saying Ooh. that like my gut feeling lets me know like, Come, you know, Q3, Q4, like, Anthem will have lived, been in the headlines, died, been in the headlines, and then just reached a point of obscurity by the end. That, that's how I'm feeling. That, that's what my gut is telling me All right, Anthem. Hmm. Mm. That's, that's, uh, he's Ostradamus now. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I'm wrong, but... <laughs> I'm wrong. I have no problem. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, uh, you got, you got, uh. Uh, Stubnostications, you are you are now Ostradamus. Uh, I respect that. The question I have for you though, O, yes, is September October. No one's talking about Anthem, but as what we've seen is the the trend with uh, a lot of these games is, will they be talking about it again January February? I don't think so. Honestly, I, I really don't. I. Especially if the PS5 rumors are true. Like, oh, most definitely not. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a really interesting launch for them. Like, of all the games that are scheduled to come out and scheduled to drop, like, this game has a lot of upside and a lot of downside. There isn't a lot of middle for them when it comes to how, how this game is going to wind up doing. Well, so. I, I uh, you know, so one thing that I said uh, publicly on on uh, the Throwdown show is I wonder what collectively 
gamers' appetites are for these types of games, mm. um, for the Destiny likes. Um, and, you know, I worry about that for Anthem, and I worry about that for The Division 2, uh, which I think both of them aesthetically look beautiful. Um, yeah. and, and, and they, they are intriguing enough that they will get my dollars at least initially to, uh, to sit and play and get my, not, not only get my dollars, but also get my time. But, um, I wonder if collectively we've moved beyond this game style, at least for now, until someone really brings the next evolution of the destiny like uh and and you know and and again we haven't played the demo yet uh maybe anthem is that maybe anthem is doing that maybe the, the division two is doing that uh but but time will tell all i can say about the division two is they they have figured out ways to pull that player base back and having played Divi the division two right Check out the footage that is on our YouTube channel so you can see some yes. PvP stuff uh, and another go. bunch of uh, stuff that's going to be coming out next week. But Setting you up for plugs, baby. That's what I gee, do, son. I wish I had that's plugs for I my do. hair. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, I feel like that. I feel like Anthem out the gate has a lot to prove, and they don't. They don't have the cachet that they Not would anymore. have. That they would have if the previous Bioware game didn't tank. Right. If that if that previous because like it's different talking about Bioware as its own entity, right? And also the looter shooter Destiny like kind of genre in in another kind of um, conversation as well. Like I feel like you can do that stuff, but you have to again make it about what people care about, and it's the same thing that everybody cares about when they talk about Diablo. Is like if the gear don't look dope, and if the gear doesn't feel great, and it doesn't do cool stuff, then it doesn't matter how much loot you put in it. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how that actually plays itself out. So um, we're about to get up out of here uh, for episode uh, 273. Uh, oh, thank you so much for coming through, man, and hanging out with us, man. Oh, no, man. Thank you for having yeah. me. I mean, the pleasure's all mine. It's, it's been a lot of fun having you rock with us. I remember right when on. we first got a chance to meet, I was like, that boy good. <laughs> that boy good. I like him. That boy good. Um, let the folks at home know uh, where they can find you, where they can check out your oh, work, yeah, man. and where you they can, can check out all the cool at, stuff uh, you're doing. Odell Harmon Jr. at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, your favorite social media. And, you know, follow the Game Fanatics at the Game Fanatics to all those places. And the Full Circle Podcast, we're on Twitter at Full Circle Podcast 23. Mm -hmm. But if you follow me, you know, I'll link to those things quite often. So. Yeah, again, Odell Harmon Jr. Any social media, it's just my name. I keep it simple. Nice. See, wow. before we get up out of here, can you share some of the social media business, please? I could, but oh, you did say please. Damn it. Ah. Ah. <laughs> um, all you social media people, go to Spawn on Me on all social media platforms. That's where you can find us. If you want to see, uh, follow us individually, check the bios. That's where our information is. Twitch.tv slash spawn on me every Thursday. This is where we are when we do videos like we are doing tonight. You can find us right there. Check us out on Tuesdays. 
this show, what you're listening to right now, is available on uh, your favorite podcatcher for five years now. Um, wherever it is, if it's a place where you can rate and review, please do so. It helps so much. And obviously, subscribe and tell your friends. Welcome them to Bricago. Make sure that they come. Um, make them Bricago residents. And if you want to level up your residency, um, please go to patreon.com slash spawn on me. Donate as little as a dollar a month to get extra coverage like the amazing Spawn on Me After Dark podcast uh, where we talk about things outside of the gaming world. Uh, you can check out our opinions right there. SpawnOn.me is the website. Check out all of our information. This show, past archives, what we're doing next, do all that stuff. Then, if you want to send us an email, uh, you know, tell us happy anniversary, whatever it is. You can do it at Podcast at gmail.com. To the people. Um, yo, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. Yes. Uh, and every week. Again, check out the content that is on our YouTube channel. There is some skirmish gameplay uh, where myself and some industry veterans were playing some Division 2. And I was sniping people in our face. Uh, did you make the squishy <laughs> head sound? Yeah, squishy was, head sounds. It sounded like uh, uh, runny eggs uh, yes. for the people who are in the chat right now. Um, yeah. It was super dope, and it's definitely a lot of fun. There's more stuff coming out, and I have a little surprise coming for everyone in Chicago and the world next week. And you'll hear more about that probably on Monday. So make sure you're paying attention to all the social media channels, uh, Swan Me's one and Mind Ones and all the things there. What's, what's the surprise? Is it a surprise I know? No, you don't even know it. I don't know that surprise because nope, it's not the surprise know. about our guest next week. Nope, it's not about our guest next week. Because our guest next week. Tell everybody is, who our guest is next week. Is IGN's own Ryan McCaffrey. Uh-oh. He's not Ryan the surprise. McCaffrey? We got Ryan McCaffrey? Ryan McCaffrey will be here in the building. He will be in Chicago next week. The Ryan McCaffrey, the man Ryan, who does IGN and Tesla's first. podcast? And yes, yes. Podcast Unlock Impresario, uh, IGN First, uh, uh, this IGN Unfiltered, <laughs> the the Tesla Podcast Ride the Lightning. He's gonna pop in on his uh, in his Tesla and bring his golden radio voice right here to Chicago. So make sure you come back here next week. Uh, check out the show with Ryan. Uh, we'll hopefully have all the wonderful technical things uh, okay and fixed uh, for that part of yes. the show for our Twitch broadcast. But definitely thank you all for listening this week and every week. And we will say peace. Peace.